Hello, welcome back. This is episode five of uh, my recital of the Lotus Sutra. And uh, I'll jump right in because I don't want to cut too much time out of the reading. And uh, especially because there's something special at the end, um, a little unusual. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <clears throat> Picking up right where we left off. Oh, by the way, if this is the first time you're seeing me, uh, go ahead and click here instead. That's the playlist. You might want to start at the very beginning of the Dhammapada. If this is the first of the Lotus Sutra that you've seen and you specifically would like to hear the Lotus Sutra, this is episode one of the Lotus Sutra. So then you can jump in. Uh, for those of you who heard episode three and you were curious about the connection between the different uh, the different forms of Japanese Buddhism that chant Namu Myoho Renge Kyo or Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. I'm at least going to clarify one point. That's the thing at the end. We'll get to that later. Okay. <clears throat> By a variety of skillfulness, this is the Buddha talking about skillful means. By a variety of skillfulness, they are able to release creatures that are attached to one point or another. The Tathagatas, Shariputra, person he's talking to, have acquired the highest perfection in skillfulness and the display of knowledge. They are endowed with wonderful properties, such as the display of free and unchecked knowledge. The powers, the absence of hesitation, the independent conditions, the strength of the organs, the constituents of bodhi, the contemplations, emancipations, meditations, the degrees of concentration of mind. The Tathagatas, Shariputra, are able to expound various things and have something wonderful and marvelous. Enough, Shariputra. Let it suffice to say that the Tathagatas have something extremely wonderful, Shariputra. None but a Tathagata, Shariputra, can impart to a Tathagata those laws which the Tathagata knows. Have I mentioned what Tathagata? I don't remember the exact meaning. It's something very uh, sort of profound and abstract, but it refers to Buddhas. Basically. All right. If you have more information about that, do comment below. Uh, and all laws, Shariputra, are taught by the Tathagata and by him alone. No one but he knows all laws, what they are, how they are, like what they are, and of what char characteristics and of what nature they are. And on that occasion, to set forth the same subject more copiously, the Lord uttered the following stanzas. Innumerable are the great heroes in the world that embrace gods and men. The totality of creatures is unable to completely know the leaders. None can know their powers and states of emancipation, their absence of hesitation, and Buddha properties such as they are. 
Of yore have I found in the presence of Kotis of Buddhas the good course which is profound, subtle, difficult to understand, and most difficult to find. After pursuing that career during an inconceivable number of Kotis of eons, I have on the Terrace of Enlightenment discovered the fruit thereof. And therefore, I recognize, like the other chiefs of the world, how it is like what it is, and what are its characteristics. It is impossible to explain it. It is unutterable, nor is there such a being in the world. To whom this law could be explained, or who would be able to understand it when explained, with the exception of the bodhisattvas, those who are firm in resolve. As to the disciples of the knower of the world, those who have done their duty and received praise from the Sugatas, who are freed from faults and have arrived at the last stage of bodily existence, the Jina knowledge lies beyond their sphere. If this whole sphere were full of beings like Sarisutta, Shariputra, Sarisutta, and if they were to investigate with combined efforts, they would be unable to comprehend the knowledge of the Sukata. Even if the ten points of space were full of sages, that's uh, the eight directions, like in spokes of a wheel, up and down, if you were wondering, to the ten directions. Uh, but generally it means like everywhere, all directions. Anyway, mm -hmm. the ten points of space, if even if the ten points of space were full of sages like these, I, that's A-Y, okay, if they were full of such as the rest of my disciples, and if those beings combined were to investigate the knowledge of the Sugata, they would altogether not be able to comprehend the Buddha knowledge in its whole immensity. If the ten points of space were filled with Pratyakabhutas, free from faults, gifted with acute facilities, that's A-C-U-T-E, not acute, that's acute, like this, not isosceles, okay. And standing in the last stage of their existence, as numerous as reeds and bamboos in Ganga, ooh, that's different from sand, with undivided attention and subtle wit, even then that knowledge, in parentheses, would be beyond their ken. K-E-N. Mm -hmm. And if combined for an endless number of myriads of kotis of eons, they were to investigate a part only of my superior laws, they would never find out its real meaning. All right. If the ten points of space were full of bodhisattvas who, after having done their duty, I think they, I think they mean done, uh, done their duty under many kotis of Buddhas, investigated all things and preached many sermons. After entering a new vehicle, 
and then bracket parentheses, or rather a new career, end bracket parentheses. I wonder about these bracket parentheses. If the whole world were full of them, as of dense reeds and bamboos, without any interstices, and if all combined, W-R-E, re, re to investigate, maybe they mean were, if you read some of the one-star reviews on here, they, a lot of it's about the typos. Anyway, uh, to investigate the law which the Sugata has realized. If they were going on investigating for many cotas of eons, as incalculable as the sands of the Ganges, with undivided attention and subtle wit, even then that knowledge would be beyond their understanding. If such bodhisattvas as are unable to fall back, numerous as the sands of the Ganga, were to investigate it with undivided attention, it would prove to lie beyond their ken. Profound are the laws of the Buddhas, and subtle, all inscrutable and faultless, I myself know them as well as the jinas do in the ten directions of the world. I'm quoting the Buddha. I'm not saying I know them, by the way. Thou, Shariputra, be full of trust in what the Sugata declares. Okay, he's the Sugata. Good, now we know. The jina speaks no falsehood. He's also the jina. He's the Sugata, the jina, the Tathagata, the Buddha. The great seer who has so long preached the highest truth. I think he might also be the great seer. So many titles. I address all disciples here, those who have set out to reach the enlightenment of Pratyeka Buddhas, those who are roused to activity at my nirvana, and those who have been released from the series of evils. It is my it is by my superior skillfulness that I explain the law at great length to the world at large. I deliver whosoever are attached to one point or another and show the three vehicles. The eminent disciples in the assembly, headed by Agnata Kaundinya, the 1200 arhats, faultless and self-controlled, the other monks, nuns, male and female lay devotees, using the vehicle of disciples, and those who had entered the vehicle of the Pratyaka Buddhas, all of them made this reflection. What may be the cause? What the reason of the Lord so extremely extolling the skillfulness of the Tathagatas? Is that shadow annoying? Okay. Uh, of his extolling it by saying, profound is the law by me discovered. Of his extolling it by saying, it is difficult for all disciples and Pratyaka Buddhas to understand it. But as yet the Lord has declared no more than one kind of emancipation. And therefore, we also should acquire the Buddha laws on reaching nirvana. We do not catch the meaning of this utterance of the Lord. And the venerable Shariputra, 
who apprehended the doubt and uncertainty of the four classes of the audience and guessed their thoughts from what was passing in his own mind, himself being in doubt about the law, then said to the Lord, What, O Lord, is the cause? What the reason of the Lord so repeatedly and extremely extolling the skillfulness, knowledge, and preaching of the Tathagatas? Why does he repeatedly extol it by saying, Profound is the law by me discovered? It is difficult to understand the mystery of the Tathagatas. Never before have I heard from the Lord such a discourse on the law. Those four classes of the audience, O Lord, are overcome with doubt and perplexity. Therefore, may the Lord be pleased to explain what the Tathagata is alluding to when repeatedly extolling the profound law of the Tathagatas. On that occasion, the venerable Shariputra uttered the following stanzas. Now first does the son of men utter such speech. I have acquired the powers, emancipations, and numberless meditations, end quote. And thou mentionest the terrace of enlightenment without anyone asking thee. Thou mentionest the mystery, although no one asks thee. Thou speakest unasked and loudest thine own course. Thou mentionest thy having obtained knowledge and pronouncest profound words. Today, that's T-O hyphen D-A-Y, a question rises in my mind, and of these self-controlled, faultless beings striving after nirvana, why does the genus speak in this manner? Those who aspire to the enlightenment of Prachakabuddhas, the nuns and monks, gods, nagas, goblins, gandharvas, the great serpents over there, uh, are talking together while looking up to the highest of men and ponder in perplexity. Give an elucidation, great sage, to all the disciples of Sugata here assembled. Myself have reached the perfection, parentheses of virtue and parentheses, have been taught by the Supreme Sage, still, O highest of men, even in my position I feel some doubt whether the course, parentheses, of duty and parentheses, shown to me shall receive its final sanctification by nirvana. Let thy voice be heard, O thou whose voice resounds like an egregious kettle drum. Is that a good thing? Uh, proclaim thy law such as it is, the legitimate sons of Gina here standing and gazing at the Gina with joined hands, as well as the gods, nagas, goblins, titans, numbering thousands of kotis, like the sands of the Ganga, and those that aspire to superior enlightenment here standing, fully 80,000 in number. Wow. Okay, so infinity times kotis of myriads equals 80,000. Now we know. Okay, further, the kings, rulers of provinces and paramount monarchs, oh, those monarchs at paramount, oh, they're almost as bad as the ones at Universal, right? Uh, or does he, uh, I guess it's all Viacom now, uh, who have flocked thither from thousands of kotis of countries, 
are now standing with joined hands and respectful thinking, how are we to fulfill the course of duty? The venerable Shariputra, having spoken, the Lord said to him, Enough, Shariputra! It is of no use explaining this matter. Why? Because, Shariputra, the world, including the gods, would be frightened if this matter were expounded. But the venerable Shariputra entreated the Lord a second time, saying, Let the Lord expound. Let the Sugata expound this matter. For in this assembly, O Lord, there are many hundreds, many thousands, many hundred thousands. That's more than 80,000. Uh, okay. Many hundred thousand. Maybe math was different back then. Uh, many hundred thousand myriads of codis of living beings who have seen former Buddhas, who are intelligent and will believe, value, and accept the words of the Lord. The venerable Shariputra addressed the Lord with this stanza. Speak clearly, O most eminent of jinas, in this assembly. There are thousands of living beings, trustful, affectionate, and respectful toward the Sugata. They will understand the law by their expounded. And the Lord said a second time to the venerable Shariputra, Enough, Shariputra. It is of no use explaining this matter, for the world, including the gods, would be frightened if this matter were expounded, and some monks might be proud and come to a heavy fall. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I, seriously, the, the Dhammapada did not actually get into skillful means, and this seems to be starting to illustrate it pretty well. Uh, he's not saying the whole thing in front of the whole crowd because they would be frightened. Makes sense. You know, if someone's starting out on the path, you don't, you know, go right to the meat of the matter. Uh, everything is nothing. You are everything. Therefore, you are nothing. So splat, you know, like you start with, okay, uh, try meditating. Five minutes a day, you know, like skillful means means knowing who you're talking to. So when you're talking to a big crowd, uh, Ian Baker talked about this a little bit in uh, my interview with him, which you can check out right there. It's really good. Uh, check it out later, though, after this, because there's a special thing at the end of this again uh, that the Dalai Lama, when he speaks, you know, on television, uh, speaks very generally and kind of in an uplifting abstract way and some people criticize him for that they say a real master isn't doesn't just do fluff but apparently one-on-one -on -one, when he sees where ian baker is at anyway uh he's able to give him specific advice that might shock some people so if that sounds intriguing do check out that interview after this uh video or bookmark it for later do people still bookmark i'm showing my age here Okay, and on that occasion uttered the Lord the following stanza. Speak no more of it that I should declare this law. This knowledge is too subtle, inscrutable, and there are too many unwise men who in their conceit and foolishness would scoff at the law revealed. Jesus talked about this too. Uh, to, to the masses I speak in parables, but to you disciples I speak directly. That kind of thing. A third time, the venerable Shariputra entreated the Lord, saying, 
Let the Lord expound. Let the Sugata expound this matter. In this assembly, O Lord, there are many hundreds of living beings, my equals, and many hundreds, many thousands, many hundred thousands, many hundred thousand myriads of Kotis of other living beings more, who in former births have been brought by the Lord to full ripeness. They will believe, value, and accept what the Lord declares, which shall tend to their advantage. Wheel, that's W-E-A-L, maybe weasel, but more likely zeal, typos, uh, and happiness in length of time. On that occasion, the venerable Shariputra uttered the following stanzas. Explain the law, O thou most high of men. I, thine eldest son, beseech thee. Uh, I think he means, like, oldest disciple. Here are thousands of kotis of beings who are to believe in the law by thee revealed. And those beings that in former births, so long ago and constantly, have been by thee brought have by thee been brought to full maturity and now are standing here with joined hands they too are to believe this law let the sugata seeing the 1200 my equals and those who are striving after superior enlightenment speak to them and produce in them an extreme joy When the Lord, for the third time, heard the entreaty of the venerable Shariputra, he spoke to him as follows. Now that thou entreatest the Tathagata a third time, Shariputra, I will answer thee. Oh, this reminds me of that one town in uh, Legend of Zelda. Is that the the second game? Go into the town and you click. I have nothing more to say to thee. I think it was a snake hanging from the ceiling. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Anyone? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I will answer thee. Listen then, Shariputra. Take well and duly to heart what I am saying. I am going to speak. Now it happened that the five thousand proud monks, nuns, and lay devotees of both sexes in the congregationo, that's what it says, I swear, Uh, rose from their seats and, after saluting with their heads the Lord's feet, went to leave the assembly. Owing to the principle of good, which there is in pride, they imagined having attained what they had not, and having understood what they had not. Therefore, thinking themselves aggrieved, they went to leave the assembly, to which the Lord, by his silence, showed Ascent, ascent, ascent. Thereupon the Lord addressed the venerable Shariputra. My congregation, Shariputra, has been cleared from the chaff, freed from the trash. Oh, the congregation is the wheat. The chaff just left. I get it now. Uh, Freed from the trash. A friend of mine used to say small fires to burn off the dead wood, except he was talking about like, you know, problematic behavior on the part of the leadership of the particular group and and, uh, controversy and stuff like that. So people would like 
leave the group and he'd say, ah, small fires to burn off the dead wood. If you're not hardcore enough to put up with uh, the fact that this guy's being abusive, then you don't belong in this elite club. Anyway, that's not what he means, one assumes. Okay. Thereupon, the Lord addressed the venerable Shariputra. Oh, right, we already read that. It is firmly established in the strength of faith. The congregation, that is. It is good, Shariputra, that those proud ones are gone away. Now I am going to expound the matter, Shariputra. Very well, Lord, replied the venerable Shariputra. The Lord then began and said, Cliffhanger! All right, that is part five of the Lotus Sutra reading. Um, I'm stopping a little early because I wanted to clarify. I said something that was incorrect in part three. I have my notes here, so I'm just going to pull them up. Okay, so the, the form of Japanese Buddhism which chants Namu Myoho Renge Kyo was founded in the 1300s. I mean, rather, the 13th century, the 1200s. It is called Nichiren Buddhism. It is a form of Mahayana Buddhism. Okay, that's one. So that was in the 1200s, right? It was founded by a man named Nichiren. Then, fast forward 600 years, in 1917, Nipponzan Myohoji was founded by Nichidatsu Fujii. Okay, so what's that? They're the ones that, uh, after World War II, became inspired to build the World Peace Pagodas all over the place, right? Okay. Uh, then, then in 1930, so, okay, so 1917, that one was established. They, they're the ones that I mentioned before in a previous episode, chant, Namu Myoho Renge Kyo, approximately like that. And then in uh, 1930, three educators uh, named, I, I'm going to butcher these names, I'll just give their surnames, Makiguchi, Todo, Toda, and Aikida. Um, they founded Soka Gakkai, meaning Value Creation Society. Then, then, uh, in 1975, there was a, uh, a gathering, uh, a world peace conference on the island of Guam. And uh, a bunch of different nations were represented and they elected Dayasaku uh, Ikeda, the third president and one of the founders of that Soka Gakkai, to be the uh, founding president of a new organization founded in 1975 called... Soka Gakkai International, which is the one that became insanely popular in the West, where your friend probably brought you and they have that scroll. So that scroll came from uh, Nichiren in the 1200s. But that organization and the structure of it being at people's houses rather than having a central temple where people go, uh, that, that was the thing that started in 1975. What I had said was that was a branch or a schism off of the 
uh, form of Buddhism which built the stupas, those white and gold uh, world peace pagodas in Nepal and India and elsewhere. That is not true. They're more like cousins. They both, they both are part of the Nichiren Buddhism that was founded in the 1200s. They're under that umbrella, but they have separate, you know, origin stories. And one started in 1917, one started in 1930, and then changed form in 1975. Okay, all right, well, that's boring, right? Uh, so here's something a little more interesting. In uh, 2017, I began my pilgrimage um, to the four main places that you go to, to, to witness where, th you know, the places where things, big things happened in the life of the Buddha. There's Lumini, where he was born. There's Bodhgaya, where he attained enlightenment. Uh, there's Sarnath, which is where he began teaching. And then there's a fourth place, that's slipping my mind right now, where he passed away. Um, so I went to Lumini. I started in Lumini, Nepal. And uh, after I saw the, the stone, the marker where they say where, where King Ashok uh, placed and built a temple, According to the, the locals, they said this is the spot, the very spot where he was born. So he built this ancient temple. You can still see the ruins of that ancient temple, uh, but there's a newer temple that's white, and there's that. And so then there's this sort of man-made river that's straight, that takes you right to the World Peace Pagoda. And uh, there you see the, the round pagoda, and as you're standing before it to your left, you see an archway with some plants, and there's a temple in there, and it's connected to this World Peace Pagoda. They're the ones that built the World Peace Pagoda, basically. And, uh, and if you're there at the right time, you might hear some drumming and some chanting, and here's the cool part. You can walk in and join them. And I did on that day, uh, December something of 2017, and I... I recorded uh, the drumming. See if you can spot my voice among the chanting. And uh, yeah, well, I, I, I did a little montage of, of pictures and uh, some short videos of that pagoda and the, uh, the pagoda built by the same organization in Pokhara up at the top of a hill that you hike up to. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much, and uh, until next time.